Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Friday, the 1st of July. Kicking a punch for the first of the month and happy new financial year to all our subscribers. And thank you very much for all those renewals and all those new members that have come on board during June. So we really do appreciate your support. So thank you once again. All right, well, we will kick off and continue as usual. It's general advice only, so please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas, or insights in this briefing. And if you need to, you can always head on over to marcustoday.com.au and read the disclaimer there or read it on these slides. And if you're not yet a member, well, you've probably missed your chance for uh, the tax deduction potential uh, for uh, the last year, but you can always sign up for this year. Uh, so we'd love to have you on board as always. All right, well, another sloppy night in the U.S. markets. Recession fears very much to the fore at the moment. We did see some uh, somewhat disappointing consumer spending numbers coming out of the U.S. last night. So that was enough to spook the horses once again. And we are seeing that slowdown in the U.S. really starting to take a bit of a grip. And as a result, we saw the Dow down 254 points or 0.82 of a percent. 30,775. The S&P 500 was down 0.88%, which was in the middle for Diddle. 33 points down, 37.85, with the NASDAQ down 1.33%, or 149 points. 11,029 for the NASDAQ, just hovering above that uh, 11,000 mark. We did see Bitcoin also go below 20,000, a bit of a barometer for sentiment as well. Spy Futures, though, showing a bit of a positive start to the 2022-23 new year. So uh, well done, Spy Futures. 12 points up, 0.19%, 64.73. But bear in mind that we did have a bit of a complete uh, throwing in the towel session yesterday, down 131 points and 40 of those points coming in the match out. So there was certainly taking out the trash from institutions yesterday, that tax loss selling accelerating, and certainly there was more window undressing than dressing. But uh, we'll see if our market can rally a little bit today. I suspect that is a forlorn hope, but uh, we will see how we go. The VIX index was up one point, or 1.95%. In the commodity complex, we had oil prices coming off Post the OPEC Plus meeting, Brent crude down 1.25%, $1.45, Interestingly, though, West Texas Intermediate, which I guess is more a reflection of that rapidly slowing U.S. economy, uh, was down 3.66%, or $4 uh, to $105.76. So I guess that's good news for the American inflation picture. But as we've now switched, of course, to the American recession picture, uh, that may not be quite such good news. So down to 105.76. The gold price 1807.30 down 10 bucks, $10.20 or 0.56. And the iron ore price off just a smidge. China has been one of the best performing markets this year uh, with those stimulus hopes. And that's despite the fact that we did see those mass lockdowns and mass testing, of course. So China has held its end up, whereas the rest of the world is still falling over. Of course, there's only a couple of countries in the world that are actually uh, reducing or keeping interest rates on hold while the rest of the world puts them up, and that is Japan, which is uh, hell-bent on its strategy for the last 30-odd years, which has worked so well for the economy, and China, of course, stimulating coming out of the pandemic, or at least coming out of this phase of the pandemic. The Aussie dollar, 68.99. In other commodities last night, we had co copper 
Dr. Copper down 1.8%. Nickel, which has been bouncing around like a nutcase, uh, was down 4.2%. Aluminium down 0.9%. Zinc took a big tumble last night, 5.6% down. Lead down 0.1%. And tin down 1.5%. So commodity stocks going to be under pressure here today. We had Freeport McMoran down 3.4%. Alcoa 4.3%. Tech down 4.4%. Anglo 5.3%. 3.3% for Glencore, Vale 3.6% and Arbomile 1.4% down. So lithium escaping just a little bit. BHP though in ADR terms down 3.5% and Rio down 3.1%. So no good news there for our resources sector which will continue to be under pressure. Hugh Queen. All right, S&P 500, there we have the chart. You can see that it fell, it swooned, it flip-flopped, and uh, at the end of the day, it closed down at that point, 9%, 33 points. We did have Apple down 1.8%. We had Meta, the artist formerly known as Facebook, down 1.6%. Google down 2.4%. Microsoft down 1.3%. Amazon down 2.5%. Tesla down one8 Netflix down 2%. UK, uh, US banks rather, JP Morgan down 2.3, Citigroup down 2.3, Goldman's down 2.1, uh, Block, the artist formerly known as Square, was down 3.7%. So there's certainly no good news there for our market. Surprising really that the uh, SPY futures are showing up 12. And we've also got um, the S&P um, 500 and NASDAQ and Dow futures pointing to an easier time as well. We've got uh, S&P 500 futures down 0.3 of a percent in current trade. So it uh, doesn't look as if we're going to get too much positivity in our market. Major stories around where well, the US stocks round out the worst half in more than 50 years since President Nixon was being tricky dicky in the White House. And of course, Watergate and the S&P 500 books worst quarterly performance since the height of the pandemic and worst first half since 1970. So not a good look for U.S. markets. Our market, the ASX 200, finished down around 10.1% for the financial year. Small odds down around 21%. So no good news there for um, investors on any fronts. Bond markets are now pricing in a 50 basis point Fed rate cut by t- December 23 after funds rate peaks in March. And huge losses in some stocks still haven't dissuaded optimistic analysts of their bullishness. They're still... Remarkably, uh, a number of analysts that are calling for double-digit returns for the um, U.S. market before Christmas. So I'm not sure if they're positive returns or negative returns, but certainly uh, they are some pretty bullish analysts out there at the moment. And citing the fact that U.S. companies haven't seen the slowdown, well, they will. If the consumer stops spending in the U.S., which it looks like it is, and the U.S. economy is very geared to consumer spending, they will see that slowdown, that is for sure. As sure as night follows day. Uh, New York's Fed's new corporate bond market distress index pointing to stress in investment grade segment. And Chinese stocks post the largest monthly rise since 2020. The Fed, ECB and BOE warn heads warn of painful shift away from era of low inflation and low rates. This is why they're all having fun and sunning themselves in Portugal, in Sintra, of course. So good luck to them. I'm sure they all flew economy. And the PBOC has re-emphasised it will focus on stabilising jobs and inflation in current report. And the New Zealand RBNZ chief economist, that's the Reserve Bank in New Zealand, warns one-way bet on housing market may have ended. 
Well done, Sherlock. Uh, China's PMIs show growth expanded for the first time in four months during June, and German retail sales increased slightly in May, even as inflation bites consumers. And UK household incomes are on their lowest downward trend on record. You have to spare a thought for the UK and the Brits at the moment. Not a happy place to be. I have to say Brexit has really uh, not helped matters. And French inflation hits fresh rec- record highs as ECB prepares for rate hikes. What to expect from our market today? Well, we've got uh, 12 points on the SPY, but as I said earlier, it's hardly uh, a great endorsement. We did see 40 points knocked off the index at the 410 match out last night as it looked like the Instos were taking the trash out. And if you're going to be have a bad year, you might as well have a really bad year and put it all behind you and start again to some extent. So that did seem as if what they were doing. We've got 12 points on the SPY, but it's hard to see the uh, the banks really rallying too hard. It's hard to see the resources doing anything particularly interesting, and it's certainly hard to see industrials doing anything interesting. So I would say that 12 points is a little optimistic, but we may get some New Year funds coming into the market, but I would suspect that it may be short-lived and there will be nerves ahead of the weekend, so uh, be cautious out there. We do have CoreLogic's dwelling prices for June, which have shown home values fell by 0.6% across the country in June, with drops of 1.6% in Sydney and 1.1% in Melbourne. We also get the much-anticipated and highly important New Zealand ANZ Consumer Confidence for June and New Zealand Building Permits for May. And more importantly, we do get Chinese Kaishin Manufacturing PMI for June. In the European markets, we saw big falls there last night as well. Stocks 50 down 1.7, FTSE down 2%. FTSE, one of the best-performing markets in the first half of this year in Europe, mainly because there's a lot of oil companies in it, and that is the one sector that has actually held up. We had the DAX down 1.7%, the CAC down 1.8%. Interestingly, last night on those weak consumer figures as well, US 10-year yields have flopped back down to under 3%. They were 3.5% in mid-June. Now they're 2.98%. Australia, though, well, we're holding our end up, that's for sure. 3.65%. No worries about recession here, mate. And Germany, 3.79%. I think that is a misprint. That should be 1.79%. Sorry, Sydney Morning Herald, you got that one wrong. Oil headed for the first monthly decline since November as OPEC Plus completed the return of output, but they still have uh, not actually got to the supply levels that they had promised previously. So they are clearly having some problems. But don't forget, Joe Biden does head for Saudi Arabia uh, next, well, not next month, is now this month. I think it's around the mid-July. So um, that could prove interesting for oil stocks. And we may get some commitment from Saudi to actually increase oil production, although they do seem to be quite tight in terms of their ability to do that. Certainly the words that Macron and Biden had off camera, but on mic, or at least they thought they were off mic, uh, suggested that uh, Saudi is having some issues stepping up to the plate in terms of supply. U.S. consumer spending rose less than expected in May, but it is suggesting that inflation had probably peaked. But the problem, of course, is that we now find ourselves maybe facing a bit of a recession in the U.S., and that soft landing may be far more elusive than many have thought. BXB, which is Brambles, has pulled out of the Costco decision on plastic pallets. Now, Brambles was yet to decide whether to make the $1 billion investment in plastic pallets, which Costco is going to. But with the rise in commodity prices, of course, 
plastic is made from oil uh, that has increased dramatically and they're now four times more expensive than timber pallets so Brambles has decided to pull the pin on that of course Costco is a massive massive business in the US and big client of Brambles so they will have to find clients elsewhere to fill that gap you would imagine though that if the price of plastic pallets came down maybe they would re-examine that decision but it uh, would appear they've been very disciplined in terms of capital management for Brambles but maybe uh, they are going to struggle a little bit to replace that Costco client with um, other clients but they say they've got a good pipeline so it remains to be seen how the market treats it but I wouldn't think it's particularly going to be a positive anyway. Twiggy has raided Regis Resources. This is an interesting move, uh, something that we haven't seen or we have seen rather in the gold mining space is m and activity. Of course we have seen Gold Road take over DGO which has a big holding in DeGray. Now Twiggy Forest, Andrew Forrest behind Fortescue has raided the register of Regis Resources which is New South Wales gold producer out near Orange and Blaney. Uh, it's looking for a 15% stake in the company. And Austal has got a few problems. Uh, some of the patrol boats that we gifted to the Pacific nations seem to be poisoning them with carbon monoxide. So the Austal boys are going to have to go out there and fix them at their expense. It is a design fault. Uh, and uh, as such, Austal will be responsible for the costs. Uh, that was a $2 billion gift of patrol boats to some of the Pacific nations. Also yesterday, China said chances of reset with Australia are fading fast. It appears some of the comments from uh, Tony Albanese, as the uh, Prime Minister of Canada calls him, uh, have uh, caused some ructions yet again in Beijing and the NATO summit, of course, casting China as the ultimate bad boy with Russia in cahoots, uh, has certainly not helped our chances of resetting that relationship, which could have had potential following the election of um, Anthony Albanese. And uh, Origin has hired Baron Joey to look at $4 billion acquisition of CWP Renewables. Two things to, of interest there, of course, is that it's a big acquisition, $4 billion. But also Baron Joey, which is taking a lot more um, of the business of the traditional big guys at the moment. Of course, Baron Joey was put together with the ex-UBS guys, Matthew Grounds, etc. They put the band back together and they poached all the good guys. And uh, it's certainly making some big inroads and the likes of UBS, Macquarie, etc., would be suffering, I suspect, on the back of Baron Joey's aggressive push into that. Question of the day today. Well, we did the question yesterday of where's the market going to be at the end of the next quarter, so we won't play that game. If you're interested in competing and playing pin the tail on the donkey for the, um, for the guess to mut for that, then you can head on over to the Facebook. Otherwise, question of the day today is should Twiggy... Just focus on Fortescue. And one of the great attractions of Fortescue over the years and why it has been so successful, it was a laser-like focused on iron ore. They didn't deviate from the plan. They got costs down and got profits up and paid out shareholders. Now Twiggy, of course, is a very, very, very rich man, one of the, the richest men in Australia. Uh, he has diversified his portfolio to some extent and has got involved in green hydrogen. He's also got involved in salmon farming and various other things, human agriculture. And now, of course, he's, um, well, as we said slightly earlier, he's making a play, or at least a part play at the moment, for Regis Resources, 15% of that company. But given the woes that we have in the resource sector, given the cost pressures, should Twiggy just focus on Fortescue and really not be too carried away with all the peripheral issues? Well, that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. As 
as I said earlier, thanks very much for your support over the last year. And thanks very much for all those new members. And thanks very much for all of those people that renewed their description. If you like this podcast, you can uh, like all our other podcasts as well. We have a strategy podcast, which is the on the which is the fly on the wall from the market uh, meeting that we have in the morning. There's the On The Desk podcast with the team in Melbourne. And my On The Couch podcast, and I'm hoping to release uh, this week's At The Weekend. It stars Adam Dawes, of course, from Sean Partners. Most people will be familiar with that. I have to say, it's a bit light-hearted, quite a lot of banter. <coughs> and um, we talk about the banana index. So I talk about the big bank basket, but Adam talks about the banana index. So we're going to try and get the banana index up and running. But that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. Happy new financial year and hope this year is considerably better than last year, although I think it's going to be a rocky ride at least for the first quarter. (laughs) 